ready to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today? Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with the top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk all around sports. Here's your host, John Inglesby. Voice America listeners. Welcome to my 330th ever show of All Around Sports. Reach Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. We broadcast live from Boston to go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what happened this weekend and what's ahead for the week. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net, which comes to me through my website at iirsportsoneword.com. As always, I will give you my highlights, lowlights, and bizarre news items from this past week. Also, we will be joined next segment by our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. Well, my highlight of the week is the Boston Red Sox go into the World Series. Unbelievably behind David Price, finally getting his first playoff win with a virtuoso performance last week uh, to close out the Houston Astros defending world champions. It was a long time coming for David Price, who was just uh, being used as a punching bag for his failure to win in the postseason. So he came up big in the biggest game of them all, the toughest game of them all, closing out the defending champions in their home park. And it was just simply... uh, startling that the Red Sox, even though they've been the best team in baseball all year long with the best record, but for them to go into Houston and sweep all three games to close out the series was truly nothing short of remarkable. So Boston is on fire uh, with the World Series coming here. Uh, Begins tomorrow night, hard to believe, over at Fenway Park. A mere half hour from where I'm standing at this moment, and the town is just simply electric. So, first time since 2013, uh, the famous Boston Strong team, and of course they won it all then, won it all in 2007, and with the granddaddy of them all, won it in 2004 over the Yankees. We all remember that. Well, they won it over the Cardinals, but everybody remembers the Yankee series when they come down from 3-0 to to beat them. It's an amazing coincidence in this glamorous World Series matchup that the manager of the Dodgers is, of course, Dave Roberts, who is uh, an absolute icon here in Boston. As you all recall, he was the person who sparked the comeback by making a steal in Game 4 at Fenway Park. And from that moment on, the Red Sox never looked back. They tied, They tied. then won that game, and won Game 5, a game I happened to be lucky enough to attend, quite possibly the greatest sports event I've ever been at in my life. And then went down to Yankee Stadium and took care of them in Game 6, Kurt Schilling, Bloody Sock, and of course Game 7, Johnny Damon's Grand Slam. So, here we are, fast forward nine years, and the Red Sox are going for their fourth world title 
in basically a decade. Uh, so I'd say the curse is officially broken. And I'd say whatever may have lingered with concerns about the Yankees was uh, taken care of by going down to Yankee Stadium uh, a week and a half ago and taking two down in, uh, down in the Bronx to close out that series, including game three, which was a 16 to, uh, to whatever, 16 to one drubbing. And it's just going to be a fabulous series. Uh, the two teams haven't met since 1916 when Babe Ruth, yes, Babe Ruth pitched for the Red Sox. So that's, uh, remarkable 102 years. And the Los Angeles Dodgers were then called the Brooklyn Robins. And it's going to be star-studded. I'm sure Fox, who's broadcasting the World Series, is doing backflips with all the excitement to have this glamorous coastal series, East Coast, West Coast. Get ready for the Beat LA chant to get resurrected. Of course, it was invented uh, between the Celtics and Lakers back in the 80s. Uh, although it actually started when Philadelphia beat the Celtics in Game 7 in, I believe, 1983. And that's the day the Beat LA chant started in the old Boston Garden. And, and here it is all these years later. And it is going to be uh, loud and proud at Fenway Park starting tomorrow night, guaranteed. So uh, it is going to be a lot of fun. And again, games one and two here in Fenway tomorrow night and Wednesday night. Then three, four, and five out in L.A. over the weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Uh, And if necessary, game six and seven. uh, Back at Fenway next Tuesday and Wednesday night. Uh, That's a big if necessary. I mean... Everybody in Boston, myself included, was ready for a big Saturday night, game six in Boston, Sunday night, if necessary, Uh, again in Boston, assuming that nobody ever even discussed the possibility of uh, the Red Sox sweeping out the Astros and not returning to Fenway Park for the ALCS. So stunning, impressive achievement. And it's on to the World Series, and it's going to be a a great, great week uh, here in Boston. No doubt about it. My bizarre story of the week is Baltimore Ravens kicker Justin Tucker missing about 7 p.m. Eastern time last night. The first extra point of his career uh, at the buzzer as the Ravens lost to the Saints. Ravens' Joe Flacco engineered a great drive down the field and, uh, you know, scored a touchdown. They're down one point. Uh, Everybody's just settling in for overtime. The thought of Justin Tucker not making it for the first time ever in his career, not making an extra point, wasn't in anybody's thought process. And it was such a shocking, shocking moment uh, that nobody nobody could believe it. And uh, so that was just a crazy ending to another crazy Sunday. And speaking of kicking, uh, the Cowboys missed a tie 
uh, chance to send their game against the Cowboys, against the Redskins into overtime. Uh, it was a 47-yarder, but then there was a motion penalty called against the center for the Cowboys for maneuvering the ball. And next thing you know, it's a 52-yard field goal, and it just, just was wide. The point being, if, it remain, if there's no motion call and it's a 47-yarder, it almost assuredly would have gone through. So, stunning ending there, too. Patriots, back their usual spot atop the AFC East, all alone at 5-2. and two. Great game with the Bears yesterday, back and forth. Uh, lead changes all day long. And the Patriots uh, won because the difference was simply they scored two special teams TDs, Cordello Patterson, Cordell Patterson, excuse me, uh, had a beautiful kickoff return, and then uh, and then they had a Dante Hightower, he of the big plays, whether it's the Super Bowl against Atlanta, stopping Marshawn Lynch, the play before uh, Malcolm Butler's interception, this guy gets it done, that's for sure, and uh, Kyle Van Noy picked it up, ran it in, uh, that was probably the play of the game. And uh, Carolina Panthers, nice comeback from down 17-0 to the Eagles, defending world champions in Philadelphia. The Eagles have issues. And another team that has real issues are, of course, the Jacksonville Jaguars, handled pretty easily by the Houston Texans at home. And we've all been watching Jalen Ramsey as suddenly very quiet after a very boisterous uh, off-season and early season when the Jaguars were looking good. They've lost, I believe, three out of four. Uh, and they just look like a lost team. The Browns played in yet another overtime, losing to another, losing to another Florida team. Speaking of Jacksonville, uh, Tampa Bay Bucks in OT, of course. And they're just competitive in every game. Uh, and they're suddenly uh, a really, really fun team to watch. And then the day started. Uh, interestingly enough, over in London, great game uh, between the Chargers and the Titans. First play of the game, 75-yard touchdown pass for the Chargers. Last play of the game, Titans coach Mike Vrabel goes for two after they uh, – Drew to within one point on a touchdown and didn't make it. So a lot of controversy over that call. He's one for two. He did it against the Eagles in Tennessee a few weeks back, and it worked. And he was a hero. Yesterday it didn't work, and it wasn't a great play. Pass in the back of the end zone, not even really close. Uh, so just another fabulous Sunday in the NFL. And finally, my low light of the week was the Lakers-Rockets brawl. On Saturday night, I happened to tune in after watching that seismic Ohio State-Purdue game. Massive upset upset of the year, Purdue beating Ohio State. A.P. Stedham and I will be talking about it next segment. But the Lakers-Rockets brawl, so I happened to tune in live, saw that late Saturday night, and uh, that was a wow. Rajon Rondo, right in the middle of it. We know him well up here in Boston. A uh, feisty guy, to put it mildly, not surprised to see him involved. Chris Paul, president of the Players Association, 
Uh, he and Rondo went out. Of course, Brandon Ingram was at the center of all of it. When he pushed James Harden, that ignited it. And it was uh, uh, quite the brawl as basketball uh, brawls go, shall we say. Uh, a whole lot more than pushing and shoving. There was punches being thrown, including Brandon Ingram coming in at the end with a haymaker. So uh, the suspensions have been doled out and whatnot, and uh, it'll be interesting to see uh, what, if any, fallout comes from that. A very interesting situation, to put it mildly. So now let's take our break, and next up will be our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. So don't go anywhere. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Get ready for the Get Down with Hurley Brown. Want to get inside of the minds of the players and coaches? We'll talk everything sports, but with a focus on the NFL, NBA, and college football. We'll review and preview the week's big games. We'll talk about the draft choices and free agents and go inside the teams for news, recruiting, and what's next from the colleges to the pro teams. It's the Get Down with Hurley Brown, Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific, on Voice America Sports. Are you ready for a broad look at everything to do with the world of sports? If so, tune in to the Mike Abadir Show. It's a unique perspective to the connections between sports and business. Host Mike Abadir has negotiated numerous deals in the NFL. Along with co-host Gino Bacola, Mike will bring his expertise, discussion, and some terrific guests to the airwaves. Listen live for the Mike Abadir Show every Thursday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on The Voice America Sports Channel. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now... Back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment two of All Around Sports, and I am your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And it's that time of the show when our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well, joins us. And A.P., how are you doing today? Hey, I'm doing great, John. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Well, thank you for joining us, as always. And as always, you had a interesting weekend. Uh, you went on the road to cover your Crimson Tide, and uh, 
they went down to Knoxville, Tennessee, and put on quite a show against Tennessee, two teams with with some history. And uh, Alabama just uh, continues to roll along. They, they look more impressive every week, it seems. Yeah, John, uh, Alabama 28 to nothing in the first quarter. And I'll tell you something interesting about the game before it began was many of the pundits were saying that Tua should not even play in this game. Right, I heard that. The quarterback. So, I, so I thought that was quite amusing, let's put it, uh, I guess that's the best way I can phrase it at the moment, because he went out and threw for 306 yards and four touchdowns. So, so what gave them reason to believe that he would not play? I don't understand. I don't. I don't follow. You know, everybody gets nicked up in football. It's it's uh, normal. It's, uh, players are always, uh, you know, like pl- playing with injuries. So I didn't understand that logic myself. But anyhow, he was a normal, magical self uh, with the four touchdowns and uh, all the receivers continuing to press as a group. Jerry Judy, he has 10 touchdowns already. Uh, Jalen Wild, the freshman, has a beautiful catch and run of 77 yards. Irv Smith, the tight end, caught five passes. Henry Ruggs, uh, the third, with a 41-yard, uh, you know, touchdown. And this, they were fantastic. I mean, it's just beautiful to watch that offense. I was hearkening back to another era of Alabama football in 1989 when Homer Smith was the offensive coordinator. And when Gary Hollingsworth, who was a backup quarterback, would be in the shotgun, the ball would go everywhere. I mean, they Kevin Turner, which many people might be familiar with, was a fullback at Alabama and in the NFL. He caught 48 passes. That gives you an idea of you just didn't know where the ball was going to be on each play. So they throw it to the tight end, the running backs, the wide receivers. But, of course, they didn't have all this five-star talent. So, but this is the best Alabama offense I've ever seen. Wow. That's quite a statement. Not surprising, but you've covered them for a long, long time. So for you to have that view of them speaks, uh, speaks volumes. And as far as Tua goes, you know, just add another attribute to his growing legend, which is simply the ability to play through, to play, you know, through pain injured so to speak and not only play but play well so the guy just continues to impress he's i think clearly the leading heisman candidate at this point in time and uh and most importantly to me you know he's he's the field general and uh he's the guy leading them to just uh a season for the ages and it's just impressive to watch. Uh, you know, Tennessee, uh, nobody was really predicting upset, but people were predicting, you know, perhaps uh, a challenging game for Alabama. And, you know, Tennessee has the great home crowd. And so I got to ask you, what's the, what's the game like up there in Knoxville? It must be uh, yeah, a lot of fun, so I've heard, at Neyland Stadium. Yeah, it's a good setting, John. It's right there on the Tennessee River. They have a beautiful walkway. Uh, you can uh, stroll before the game, and they have the Tennessee Volunteer Navy. Everyone is, brings their boats up on Friday to get ready for the big game. And uh, the weather was perfect. It had rained earlier in the morning. Uh, but I just really enjoyed walking around the campus. And 
watching the game in Knoxville. It's just a, a place that people should visit to watch a college football game. Yeah, that's a bucket list location for sure in college football. And, uh, yeah, we, it just sounds beautiful. I've heard a lot about the setting. And, again, the volunteer Navy is – what are we talking? Dozens of boats? Hundreds of boats? I know that's how a lot of people go to the game, and it's pretty legendary. Yeah, I would say dozens of boats, I would say, John. That's a pretty good – Accurate statements at all sizes, and, and there's some quite large vessels there, believe it or not. I'll bet. I'll bet. Well, that's awesome. And so we are. We all know that November 3rd is now looming as the game of the year, which is, of course, LSU hosting Alabama in Death Valley, Baton Rouge. Uh, so does Alabama play this weekend or no? They have an off weekend, John. And by the way, that was announced as a 7 o'clock Central start time on CBS. 7 Central, so that's uh, uh, eight, 8 Eastern. Eastern. 8 o'clock Eastern, no surprise. Prime time. Exactly where it should yeah. be. I, I pretty much already circled my Saturday night for that one. and uh, Yeah, that'll be great. So good timing for Alabama. Having a bye week going in. That's... Uh, you know, couldn't ask for a better timing than that one, that's for sure. No, and LSU, they always keep that open week as well, John. So both teams get a chance to heal up. They played seven or eight games apiece. Alabama's played eight. I think LSU's probably done the same. So they get a chance to rest, to to plan their strategy, all the tactics and things that they might use in that game to switch up in a defense and an offense or uh get some special practicing with the younger players. So everything really lines up to give your best that weekend. That is awesome. Both teams coming off a bye week. Uh, That's perfect. So uh, that is going to be a great, great night, no doubt about it. Uh, And AP, talking about great nights, Purdue certainly had a great night the other night uh, as they just – ravaged Ohio State. It was amazing. I watched the game once I I certainly turned over from whatever I was watching. Oh, yeah, Brewers-Dodgers. See who the Red Sox were going to play in the World Series, but easy decision. (laughs) Once I saw Purdue, uh, you know, looking at upset central and AP, it was just amazing how they just kept building on that lead. That, to me, was the story. Ohio State literally looked hapless, and it felt like all their off-season issues came crashing down on them in a three-hour period. Uh, that was my John, take on it. Yeah, John, when you're looking at the scoring, uh, specifically 28 points by Purdue in the final quarter in Ohio State 14, I mean, that is just an oddity. Uh, uh, you know, we all understand that top teams can be upset. But for the Purdue Boilermakers, who are very good offensively, no question, to score 49 points and their defense to hold Ohio State to 20, that is the big surprise, I think. Shocking, and equally shocking to me, was that Ohio State threw the ball 73 times. I mean, that figure just resonates like, like none other. Uh, I'll go out on a limb here and say I wouldn't be sh- shocked if Woody Hayes' Ohio State teams maybe didn't throw it 73 times in a season. But if you had to pick one team in all of college football, given their history, 
the, the last <laughs> team you'd ever pick to throw 73 <laughs> times in one game would be Ohio State. And I, I couldn't oh, even believe what goodness. I was seeing. <laughs> John, the, the, the school that invented three, three yards in a cloud of dust throwing 73 times, uh, that's amazing. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not sure that Ohio State really recovers from that loss Correct. in the polls and their ability to get to the college football playoffs. That's a huge blemish against them to have the 29-point loss. It, but I think if we look back in history, didn't, didn't they have a, a big loss before and they got to the playoffs? Yeah. Iowa, last year. Iowa scored more the points Iowa than game. Purdue. That was at Iowa. Yeah. This was at Purdue, so it was a away game. But uh, Iowa yeah. scored in the 50s to beat them last year, and it didn't matter. They still uh, they still got there, I believe. And uh, right. Yeah, and then they lost to Clemson pretty badly. Am I correct about that? Thirty-one nothing. Yeah, in the I think semi. that was the, the yeah Clemson put a beat down on. Him. That's right. Uh, and, exactly. But it, it, it's strange to watch these uh, Urban Meyer-led teams get, surrender so many points. They were fifty-five to twenty-four. I'm just checking that score. I knew I had it in the back of my mind, but I couldn't remember the exact numbers. So this is a recurrence with the, the Buckeyes under Urban Meyer, and I don't exactly. quite understand. And you have to throw in the Clemson game as well, 31 nothing, because they listed their worst losses, right. and that, that playoff game was among that list. Uh, but, yeah. and speaking of three yards in a cloud of dust, you know, uh, let's not forget that I believe it was Woody Hayes who coined the phrase, the three things ha- can happen when, when you pass the ball and two of them are bad. <laughs> so I've always remembered that one. <laughs> so, so I can, you know, there's a reason. Why, uh, yes. why that 73 pass attempts is a stunning number by any standard. Yeah, I'm, I don't know, John. I, that, that must have been a record for, I just can't recall. Oh, them. Yeah, it was a record. Yeah, it probably oh, it's certainly a school record. Too. Yeah, heck. Yeah. yeah, it's certainly a school record. Uh, I'm sure Texas Tech and Oregon yeah. Yeah. schools like that have thrown it more than that, but no doubt <laughs> yeah. it's an Ohio State record. I don't even have to think about that yeah, one. So, yeah, so I guess Urban Meyer has been, has been in this position, and we'll see if he can resurrect the program in the middle of the season like he did in the past. But, uh, you know, one of the teams he's going to have to face down the road, at, that game might be in, in Columbus, so it's Michigan, so they're, they're playing some good football. They're not scoring a lot of points, but they're winning, and that's the most important. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah, I, I mean, the, th- the thing here is, is Ohio State's, you know, still can run the table and get to things like the Rose Bowl or whatever. And given last year and the big loss to Iowa, they theoretically could still, you know, make the uh, college football playoff, too. So uh, if Urban can right the ship, and he has done that in the past, including last year, yes. you, you know. They still have a shot, so it's not over yet, but it feels like maybe the problems are uh, pretty deep-seated, but we'll, we shall see. We'll, we're going to know soon enough. Their schedule's pretty tough. I know they still got Michigan State ahead, so plus obviously Michigan. Yeah. So it's going to yeah. be fascinating to watch, say the least. Yeah, John, that's on the road at East Lansing uh, November 10th. They have Nebraska coming to town after a week off. 
So then they have to go to Maryland, and then they host Michigan at home. But a team like Michigan State, they normally they don't score too many points. So that gives them a good chance. And, you know, if their quarterback is hot that day, they'll probably take care of business. But then you have to host uh, the Michigan team, which seems to be, you know, in position to maybe get the, one of those last playoff spots. Oh, absolutely. Uh, they're right there. So, uh, yeah, and speaking of Michigan, Michigan State, uh, they themselves met on Saturday. Interesting game, maybe a more interesting pregame. Uh, but why don't we take our break now, and we'll talk a little Michigan and Michigan State on the other side. school to the pros we we cover everything everything. let your voice be heard voice america sports okay sports fans here's your opportunity to discuss football america's favorite sport on an annual basis millions of people attend watch and listen to football both pro and college ray ellis sports an internet talk radio show was developed with the fan in mind join host former philadelphia eagles and cleveland browns strong safety ray ellis on voice america sports every tuesday at 1 p.m pacific for exciting interactive football discussions from the fans perspective tune in every tuesday at at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice America Network. And let's talk football. Have we got a high-energy, all-access sports show for you? It's Outside the Huddle, starring Lemond Williams. Each week, join Lemond as he takes callers, discusses the week's top stories in the world of sports, and sits down with active and former players to discuss their transition from sports to business. Outside the Huddle is a great resource for players making career transitions both on and off the field. Tune in Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 Central, and 5 Pacific. For Outside the Huddle on the Voice America Sports Channel. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events the fans now have a voice to speak their mind no holds barred I just think that the coach made a mistake. Oh, crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. 
You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment three of All Around Sports. And I'm your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is one 346 9144 or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. And A.P., we discussed in the previous segment Alabama beating Tennessee, which you covered and were in attendance at up in Knoxville. And... Of course, the seismic upset by Purdue over Ohio State, and another great game, and maybe a greater pregame was the Michigan-Michigan State rivalry. That, of course, at the beginning of the game, pregame, uh, uh, there was quite a little dust up when the Michigan State team walked the width of the field, arm in arm. And Michigan players were warming up uh, right around the 50, and uh, they just weren't having it. And, of course, Devin Bush, Michigan player, then uh, we've all seen it by now with his cleats, tried to uh, uh, trample, shall we say, or dig up the Spartan logo in the middle of the field in East Lansing. And then uh, Harbaugh and D'Antonio, the two head coaches, Mark D'Antonio, Jim Harbaugh, exchanged words post-game. And uh, and there we have it. Michigan looked good again. Uh, they went into East Lansing and won. Uh, so uh, great theater associated with that game, AP. Yeah, John, I, I still don't understand this fetish that college players have with fussing with the, the logo at midfield of the uh, visiting team. I don't understand. Why would you want to disrupt somebody's house? I mean, you're there to to win the game, but I'm not going to go to the midfield and disrupt their logo. It's just, it's not, it's zero class. I mean, it happened, happened with Terrell Owens at that one, uh, when they played the Dallas Cowboys and George T hit him. Yeah. When he tried to do that, you know, plant the football, and then it happened with Baker Mayfield tried to plant the flag, or he did after the Oklahoma beat Ohio State. And yep, I, I mean, it, it continue. Why do these players have this? Uh, you know, what, what is their thinking? It just zero class. Did anybody ever explain to them that, that that's a classless thing to do? I know, I know, I, I totally agree. Uh, I was surprised by it, and I, I took it. You know, the same way. Um, at least you're going to do it. You know, at least Baker Mayfield, when he did it, it was post-game. Uh, he had just, you know, led Oklahoma to maybe the one of the biggest victories in his career, if not the biggest. And, uh, you know, so that would be my thought there. If, you, if you're going to do it, do it post-game. Um, but it certainly ratcheted up the, uh, the intensity for the game that followed, not that it needed it. This, this game is really uh, uh, always intense. Of course, it goes back uh, a long time. 
Uh, but even, you know, a decade or two ago, there were, you know, Michigan coined the phrase after I think they had beaten them. And one of their players in a post-game press conference called him their little brother. So it has forever been known as, you know, little brother syndrome. Uh, Michigan State being the, the little brother called out by Michigan. and But yet Michigan State's dominated in the last decade. So I think that's why it was so meaningful. Uh, Michigan's on a roll. They cracked into the uh, top five. Based on uh, Ohio State losing, uh, they clearly think this is their year, with good reason. They've been kicked around, uh, you know, recently by Michigan State, and we all remember the block punt a few years back. And uh, so, you know, they, they went up there on a mission. Uh, you know, they, I mean, they played well, you know, to say the least. Uh, they won, you know, twenty-one-seven. Uh, they were, they were, you know, they were in charge. So, uh, but a lot of emotion in that game, to say the least. Yeah, like any rivalry, there's always emotion. But I think the two athletic directors, I think, I think Jim Harbaugh met by the call for them to meet and discuss the, the incidents, all the things that happened. I think it'd be nice to have a joint statement and say that we next year we, we hope to display better sportsmanship because. I don't think either side can claim any innocence. Uh, oh, I agree. Someone did something. You know, just because someone did something, I'm not going to retaliate. You know, I'm going to let that stand. You know, you can, you know, as Coach Bryant would always say, if you don't have any class, it doesn't matter. So, Correct. you know, if you don't show your class, it doesn't matter. So I'm not, I'm not in the business of retaliation. That's the way, if that's the way they want to present their image to the college football world, that's their business. But I'm not going to try to duplicate their bad behavior. I totally agree. I, I, I was surprised. Like, uh, you know, it just kind of seemed to come out of nowhere, as these things often do. And, uh, yeah, the whole thing just really uh, surprised me, to say the least, uh, especially pregame. Again, sometimes maybe postgame or in-game even. You see that stuff, emotions running high. But I think it just speaks to the, uh, you know, the level that this game has reached uh, as an interstate rivalry. And, you know, the stakes were high, really high for Michigan and for Michigan State coming off that massive victory the week before down at Penn State. Uh, you know, they were feeling pretty chesty themselves at home, I'm sure. So uh, it was it was fascinating to say the least. Never a dull moment in college football, AP. And no, there never is. Never is. No, never is. That's for sure. So, yeah. So, as I said, Michigan has now uh, joined the top five and uh, Alabama, of course, number one. Uh, but then Clemson, Notre Dame, LSU at four and Michigan. And uh, so Michigan, just back to them. I mean, under, uh, you know, with Shea Patterson, uh, other than Harbaugh's first year and then a couple of for him, off years, they look like they're back with this quarterback. He transferred from Ole Miss. Is that correct? Transferred from Ole Miss. He sure did. Wow. Well, Ole Miss could have used him on uh, on Saturday night, although they have a great quarterback themselves and Nick Fitzgerald. But Clemson, the number two team in the nation, uh, handled, uh, you know, well, actually it was Mississippi okay. State, not Mississippi. Right, Excuse me. Right. 
Um, tough to keep them all straight up here in the Northeast. Keep all those SEC yeah. schools and talent straight. But anyway, yeah, Clemson, uh, you know, they they look good. Um, and, yeah, uh, again, you have to wonder if it may be – and excuse me, Clemson beat North Carolina State, who was ranked number 22. And you have to wonder if Clemson and Alabama yeah. might end up meeting again. Yeah, I don't think people want to see that game. I mean, I think you're probably right. It could happen. Yes, I it mean, could. You know, it could could happen again. I don't I don't know if that's the preferred matchup, but, but you know, that's it's not their fault if it, if it occurs. But yeah, I was definitely surprised at 41 to seven. I mean, that's total domination. Uh, and that was on, uh, you know, uh, Memorial Stadium there. Uh, uh, I guess it was, a, so that was a, an unbelievable victory, 41 points you put on North Carolina State, so that's something else. Right, and a lot happened. of people they, thought. They played, that, was, that was a home game, home game for Clemson. And, uh, right. But, you know, I still expected a better score than 41-7. to 7. Oh, yeah, a lot of people thought North Carolina State was going to give them a game because... Uh, in the very recent past, they had a kick that would have beat Clemson uh, recently. And so they thought that, uh, you know, they were the type of team that could go in there and win. But another top five team, and we're uh, speaking earlier of Mississippi State, they lost to LSU. And some people were thinking they might give LSU some trouble down in Beth- Death Valley. But LSU's defense was just dominant uh, and they won that game over Mississippi State and Nick Fitzgerald, nineteen to three. So, uh, yeah. So again, just some, uh, you, you know, let's just say the top teams held, held serve, other than Ohio State. You know, Alabama, LSU, uh, Clemson, and Michigan certainly more than held serve over the weekend. Yeah, LSU, Mississippi State, that was kind of more of an old-fashioned game where it's very physical right. and not much throwing of the football. And, and now it sets up that, that game between Alabama and LSU and Baton Rouge two weeks from now. But I, I thought that Mississippi State, their Achilles heel is that passing game, and it's difficult to line up against a team like LSU and just run over them. I mean, they they did that uh, Auburn. And uh, but LSU, they, they have too many players to just have that w- one strategy. We're going to run the football and uh, win the football game. Oh yeah, not a not at all surprising. That that, that was an LSU type of game. Uh, they've had those games, you know, in recent years, and that type of defense. So that's been their calling card. The difference this year is they look like they have a better quarterback than they've had recently with Joe Burrow. So. Uh, it's going to be a fun two weeks leading up to Alabama LSU, uh, no doubt about that. And AP, hard to believe we've come to the end of our third segment. So why don't we take a uh, our final break, and uh, we'll get to a few last last items on the other side. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America. 
America's sports. This week on The Revolution with Jim and Trav, we're talking public land elk hunting, calling tips, locating the secret spots bulls love, calipers that fill the freezer, ammunition that performs, and more. Joining us is Mitch Petrie, Vice President of Programming for Outdoor Sportsman Group, and Steve West of Steve's Outdoor Adventures. Jim and Trav's Elk Quest 2018 is presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, and My Outdoor TV. Let's hunt. Friday afternoons at 1 Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific time 3 p.m eastern time on the voice america sports channel have you had a chance to check out voice america's online magazine and blog if you love our hosts and shows check out articles that give an even deeper perspective plus topics about health and fitness movie reviews philosophy business tips and tactics spirituality positive thought current events and even more about your favorite hosts it's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com that's blog.voiceamerica.com the voice america press blog all access all the time your internet flagship station for sports voice america sports You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports. I am your host, John Inglesby. Back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. And before we get started, my pick of the week for appointment viewing is World Series Game 1 tomorrow night, Fenway Park, uh, uh, a half an hour down the road from where I'm standing right now. And uh, Boston is over the moon with uh, hosting... uh, having home field advantage for the World Series. And AP, uh, obviously you used to live in New England, and I know you spent a lot of time out in the L.A. area. It sure is a glamorous World Series. Oh, yeah, first time ever, right, John, for those two teams? They actually met in 1916 when the Red Sox had a pitcher named uh, Babe Ruth. (laughs) who, by the way, pitched 13 shutout innings in that World Series. And the Dodgers at that point in time were called, 102 years ago, were called the Brooklyn Robins. (laughs) Okay, so it's like a, right. So it's a little variation, but the organizations, I guess, have met, so to say. Oh, yeah, 102 years ago. So, uh, yeah. Yes, uh, it's been the most talk up here, AP, about the, uh, you know, the the great Red Sox teams of the 1915 through 1920 era, I should say 1918, <laughs> uh, since they broke the curse in 04. Uh, 
<laughs> so it's, it's been interesting. And uh, the, yeah, the Red Sox, for those who might not know, were a juggernaut in the years of around 1915 through 18, I believe. And that's because they had Babe Ruth. It's just that simple. And uh, <laughs> or that was the big reason. But AP, again, you know, the excitement up here is just palpable. This Red Sox team, best team in baseball all year long, very likable. Did what nobody expected by going into Houston and a great, great team, defending champions and just winning all three in Houston with David Price, of all people, throwing the masterpiece in the, uh, in the deciding game to get his first postseason victory ever. So it's, it's a lot of cachet. You know, the Red Sox have won all five postseason games on the road. Pretty impressive. Two in the Yankee Stadium, wow. three in Houston. That is, yeah, that's, that's amazing. Yeah, that's, that's rare. I mean, has that happened before, John, up to this I point? don't know. I, I haven't heard that given as not happening before. Um, but, it, well, no, I, I should say this right off the bat. In 04, of course, they, they won the last two games in Yankee Stadium and then swept the Cardinals, of which I believe games three and four were in St. Louis. So they've won four in a row in 2004 to close out the year and close out the curse, more importantly. And uh, so now they have five in a row. So could be a record. I haven't heard that stated uh, anywhere, but uh, it's impressive because we're talking 200 win teams along with the Red Sox. The Yankees won 100. The Astros won 100, and the Red Sox had the most of all with 108. So, uh, and the Dodgers, I mean, you know, they're a glamour team. Uh, they were in the World Series last year. They have Clayton Kershaw, and now they have Manny Machado, uh, villain number one in Milwaukee. And that was a great series, by the way. I watched a lot of that Milwaukee Dodgers series had a lot of good moments. The fans in Milwaukee were just fabulous and went to a game seven. Um, so, yeah, it's fun stuff. And I, I think it's just a, a perfect culmination. I mean, this Dodger team really wants to get it done, too. I mean, they may not have had the most wins like the Red Sox did, but they're a team on a mission since they went to the seventh game, which they hosted in Los Angeles last year. But couldn't win, couldn't beat the Astros. So uh, you can be darn sure that they're, you know, uh, they want to get it done this year for sure. So I think it's going to be a great World Series. I have no doubts. Yeah, John, it's two banner names in the sport, and it's coast to coast. Correct. It has a certain flavor to it. It really does. It really does. I mean, if you had to pick the top three, you know, the most glamorous teams in baseball, there's no question the Dodgers – the Red Sox, along with the Yankees, and these days the Cubs are all—they're there. That's a you know. So yeah, I'm sure Fox executives are just uh, thrilled to have Dodgers, Red Sox, coast to coast. Uh, as I said in the first segment, AP, get ready for the Beat LA chant at Fenway Park starting tomorrow night. <laughs> invented at the Boston Garden in 1983. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they have a lot of practice. Yeah, I'm just warning America here on the on this show that uh, that, that's going to be making a, a big time return <laughs> this week, yeah, starting tomorrow night. Yeah, 
Oh yeah, yeah. but you'll see a lot of the the former players. I'm sure be highlighted as well in the in this series. Yeah, not to mention the Dave Roberts factor. Dave Roberts, coach of the manager of the Dodgers, of course, is an absolute icon here in New England. He started the the breaking of the curse by stealing that famous base in Game Four of 2004. And as we all know, they were down three nothing, and were lifeless until that steal, and they never looked back after that, <laughs> becoming the first team in baseball history to come down back from 3-0, and it was all started with Dave Roberts' steal. So he is an icon that cannot be overstated. So for him to be the Dodgers' manager is, uh, again, can't be overstated. Um, he is beloved here in Boston, and uh, and he and Alex Cora, the Red Sox rookie manager, who, of course, coached with the Astros last year, uh, they go back. They have a history. Cora even said something this morning or over the weekend, AP, I thought it, that he, like, texted Dave Roberts after that steal because they played together, I think, in the Dodger organization. That's who Cora come up with. So, uh, so yeah, th- there's a great history and relationship between you know these organizations and you know the the, the two managers and beyond so it's going to be uh it's going to be fun yeah it's be absolutely fun he's got a he's got a very interesting history you know uh, being from the from the west coast he actually went to high school and college and yeah you know, ucla so he's right. got a, a, a fascinating background as the, the Dodgers ma- uh, manager and also playing for the Red Sox. So it's, you know, and the crossover is amazing with these two teams. Yes. Uh, I always love that in sports when you have these backstories. Uh, and, you know, we were talking, let's just to close out the show, talk about upcoming appointment viewing. Um, we were talking about, uh, of course, the top five and a couple good games this weekend is... Notre Dame playing Navy in San Diego. Notre Dame now the number three team in the nation. That game looks interesting. And then the number six team in the nation, hard to believe, Texas, who got beat badly on the opening weekend, uh, is going to Oklahoma State. That's 8 o'clock this Saturday night, exact same time as Notre Dame at Navy in San Diego. Big time Navy town, as we all know. So those are two pretty marquee games for this coming weekend, AP. Should be fun. Yeah, that should be uh, great to watch Navy and Notre Dame. You know, they have that extra week to prepare for that option. Right. Football, so that, that'll that help help Notre Dame. And those games have been pretty close, John. Navy the gives last, them trouble uh, every year. I mean, 28-27 uh, in Jacksonville in 2016. Twenty-four, yep. seventeen in South Bend last year. I know, uh, yep. and even before that, you know, forty-one, twenty-four Notre Dame, Notre Dame, and then forty-nine, thirty-nine. So those are the last four years. It's been it j- just—it's not one of these games where you look past the opponent. Oh gosh, no, not at all. But, I, that's uh, going to be a good yeah, game. I'm sure. Yeah, sure, sure. Notre Dame would be ready. And then you have the Florida, Georgia, and Jacksonville. That's probably determine the Eastern Division, maybe. Because Georgia oh. plays Kentucky the following weekend up in Lexington, but and then Texas that game would be a good one as well. 
Yes, Florida, Georgia, world's largest cocktail party. So that's always fun. And that's <laughs> AP, the perfect way to end the show. I want to thank you, as always, for your contributions. And it's a lot of fun. And we, boy, we are getting into the good stuff now. So uh, a couple of great weekends coming up uh, in the world of college football and the world of sports in general. It's just the best time of year. All four sports are going full, blow, full bore now. So it's just awesome. Yes, it is absolutely fascinating. This this October every 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 year, October is a great month for sports in America. Thank you yeah. very much, John, for having me on the show. Thank you, AP, and as always, thank you all for listening to All Around Sports, and we look forward to doing it all again next Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. Thanks again for tuning in to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. And we'll talk sports again next week.